welcome to Building with Bluebird, the design and renovation podcast brought to you by Christian Case and Jeremy Thomason, directors of Bluebird Design and Build. Highlighting the do's and don'ts of renovating or building your dream home, this podcast will give you the insider's guide to the home building journey. As well as interviewing other industry specialists, Christian and Jeremy bring their knowledge and expertise to the table for you, the people. Now, let's get into this episode. And if you enjoy, please like, share and subscribe. Hi, welcome back to Building with Bluebird. You're here with Jeremy and my co-host Christian. G'day. And today on episode 11, we're going to be talking about what should be in a good build quote. Yeah, so this episode's really, I guess, one of our quotes. It's probably easiest because we don't really see other people's build quotes, but... We've heard about them. Yeah, well, we've actually, I've seen a couple of them, but... This episode's really based on what should be in a quote and we're going to use our our quotes as an example. Yeah, so if you're sort of going down the road of a build project or a new build and your builder has given you a quote that's two or three pages, depending on the size of the job, that's probably not going to be adequate to make sure that you know that everything's been covered and priced correctly that you want to see within your build. So we'll go through all of this in detail about what we think should be in a, in a good quote, just to make sure that you really understand what you're getting for your money and what has been included in the quote so that you don't get on site and then realize that things haven't been included and there's variations and things have been missed. But also it doesn't really matter what size of the job, whether you're doing a bathroom or a multi-million dollar home, all quotes should have the same amount of detail. Yeah, correct. There should be the same amount of detail, but if it's a, if it's a bathroom renovation, it won't be the same amount of pages yeah, it as it be. would be a, a new build. Yeah, so obviously the first obvious thing that would be on a build quote is the correct site address. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, sometimes, I don't know, I guess some people don't even put the right address on there. Make, make sure the address is correct. Yeah, even though sometimes if you want to, making sure you've got the, a lot detail on there in Queensland or in Brisbane, which is your registered survey address. Yeah, so even if you're... Um, Especially if you're on a corner block, because just because you're... Your driveway can be on one side and your postal address is one side. doesn't mean your services are recognized at that address. Yeah, I'll have that actually with my place. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes the lot address won't be on the quote, but it will most definitely be on the contract that you sign. And these quotes also basically become a legal document when you sign it and you're going to be building off it. Well, we run these alongside our master builder's quotes, which is the contract, but what we list in this also becomes a part of the contract itself. So everything needs to be correct. Yeah, so we attach to the master builder's contract, we attach our quote and also the architectural and engineering drawings and they all form the contract set to make sure that what's been priced is all covered and within there and everyone knows what's happening. Yep. So yeah, correct site address, the correct client details and also contact details and who you want to be the person that... The point of contact. Point of contact. Throughout the build if questions come up. Yep. Another one is, this is particularly pertinent at the moment, how long is the quote valid for? If you get a quote from your builder, generally they'll be sort of valid for 30 days just to make sure that the builder's costing has been updated with what's happening in the market at the moment. A quote 30 days after it's been issued will probably be null and void just because things have have been rising so quickly and rapidly. So just check if you get a quote from your builder and then you sit on it for three months when you go back to sign the quote, that price will definitely not be valid still. So that's something to check as well. Yeah, for sure. Next one is obviously the price and the total. We put this at the beginning, so then obviously you can rip, see. Rip the Band-Aid off. Yeah, and also 
the price as in the total price and what the GST component, obviously depending on if you charge GST, but pretty sure that's a legal item that you have to show a line item what GST is. If you're registered for GST. Yeah. So um, some contracts actually, they'll give you a total price excluding GST, which makes the price look cheaper. Mm. But yeah, just watch if it's got GST included or excluded. Yeah, the next thing that'll be that should be sort of front and center of the quote is build duration. How long is it going to take the builder to sort of start and finish the project? You really need to know that information because especially if you're moving out and you need to find alternate accommodation and you need to rent, you sort of need to know how long you're going to be renting and out of your house for. So making sure that they've covered off that build duration and probably asking them as well, have they built a schedule for the project and is it considered duration or is it just something that they've had a guess at and also does it include bad weather and all those sort of delays the thing is the build duration needs to be specced as well especially if you've got liquidated damages involved in the project yeah and liquidated damages for anyone that doesn't know if the builder takes longer than what the contract states to finish your home and give you a handover of the project that would be when a fee is then put against them daily so especially like if you're renting like if your job's delayed by four weeks, you've got to pay four weeks additional rent. So hopefully you've got a good relationship with the builder and that it's not just because they're stuffing around. It's just, it's taking longer. Yeah. Which is happening a lot at the moment. Yeah. Especially, yeah. Unforeseen delays where we get, don't get told a lot of information. Three months of rain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also, what documents are referenced in the build? So whether you've got survey You've got your architecturals or design, your interior design, your soil test, soil test, engineering. engineering. Did you say survey? Survey. Also, Hydraulic. building approval, if you've got it, because that sometimes has stipulations of what has to be done. What other documents? Normally, that's about it. They're the main ones that we use. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, we get the hydraulic ones, but they're normally shown on the architecturals as well. Yeah, it'll depend. If there's a box gutter, there'll definitely be hydraulic documents. I have heard that they're trying to bring in hydraulic drawings for every project, but I'm not sure if that's true. Um, I have seen something about, or a hyd- hydraulic being signing off on the gutters just because of all the rain the, we're having. Yeah, the roof, roof size and gutters and amount of downpipes and things like that. Yeah, or certifiers are just trying to cover the, themselves for it. So Shout out. <laughs> so, yeah, the, definitely all the documents that you've got that you're going to use in the build should be listed correctly in your quote. Yeah, and that just means that the builder has taken the time to look at them see them, understand them, price them accordingly. And he's noted in his quote that he's looked at them all and has included everything. Also, make sure you reference the revision of the drawing and when it was received as well. Yeah. Because architecturals can, there can be multiple revisions. So you've got to make sure that that revision of the architectural is listed correctly so that if any changes moving forward, they're actually considered variation or at least you've got some sort of base document that you're going to be working off and that's what the builder's quoted off. Yeah. The next big one, and this should be like really well detailed, the scope of works section of your quote, it basically should say everything that is happening in the build. So from the start, like when you're getting on site and preparing site, getting ready to mobilize all the way through to, is there a builder's clean at the end? Every activity should be basically itemized. Especially renovations as well, like what's existing, what's being touched. Yeah, like it's not being touched. Yeah, if we're doing an extension on a Queenslander, like where does the external painting start and stop? Just things like that. So 
the clearer the scope of works that's typed out, the easier it is for you as the client to understand what you're getting for your money. And then it will also make it a lot easier when you're on site with your builder because you won't think that things have been included that haven't. Yeah. And it'll just, yeah, cut down any ambiguity and possible arguments. Yeah, definitely. I guess the fact that showing how detailed it is means the builder's actually looked at it. And also, there's going to be no arguments on site because everybody knows ex- exactly what's expected. So it just makes the process a lot smoother. Yeah, it might sound arduous having to like list all of those things that are happening in your project. But the more detail, the better informed you are about what's happening with the money that you're spending. And as you said, it'll just cut down any any problems that may arise and any strain on the relationships between the client and the builder. Yeah, that's it. So at the end of the day, you're paying for something, paying for a service. So you've got to make sure that you've got that detailed scope of works and what you're paying for is what you're getting. Yeah, that's right. So the next one after scope of works and hopefully it's all detailed, you've got your general terms and conditions. Um, we list our general terms and conditions probably just as long as our quote at the moment. Yeah, they've when we started out, there wasn't many, but I think we're up to three A4 pages now. Yeah. And again, it's just making things very clear for everyone what has and what hasn't been included and how we operate the business to make sure that everyone knows what's going on. So there's no surprises once we're sort of into it and have started on site. Yeah, like an example would be that sometimes if we haven't had a chance to demo a bathroom to see if it's asbestos or not, so we put like an exclusion for that or a general terms and conditions, I guess we really point out. There's all like payment terms and... Access um, to site access and how that and, happens. Yeah, um, there's, a, there's a whole heap of stuff. And yeah, I think it's just like the scope of works. It is all important information, so... Yeah, and it, it, might, it might be a little over the top in terms of detail, but at the end of the day, at least everybody knows what's going on. Yeah. Because, yeah, the general terms and conditions is exactly what, if there's an issue, you go straight back to your quote and your, your contract. Quote and your contract. It's really just a rule book for both us as the builder and also the client and how we expect each other to behave. Yeah, correct. Especially, yeah, like access to sites is a big one for us. Clients, like it's all well and good and we can, we've got no issues with it, but. At the end of the day, it's our insurance. If you get hurt on site, yeah, we're the ones in a bit of trouble. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, that's the general terms and conditions. The next really important one is um, exclusions. What have we as the builder excluded from that may have been on the drawings yep. and why? So we'll go quite hard and list, list the exclusions just to make sure, again, it's just about being very clear so everyone understands what's happening, but uh, like, Boundary fences included, is landscaping included or excluded? Asbestos. Asbestos, like paintings one, sometimes clients like to take on themselves. So yeah, things like that. Just And if you've got exclusions in your quote, make sure you actually read them. Like the quote has been put together by your builder. There's a reason why it's there. Yeah, there's a reason why all these sections are in the quote, like the scope of works, the terms and conditions, exclusions, etc. It's been put there because it's important information. So don't just skim through it and get to the price and say, yep, we're good to go. Like actually read everything in the quote because it's all important information. Yeah, definitely. Especially like if you the example being when, when you raise a house, like you we sort of exclude if the bathroom, if there's an existing bathroom and the house is getting raised, we sometimes exclude the fact that any repair work to that bathroom. Yeah. And like again, you like if you raise a house, like the up all the existing doors and windows, once the house is lifted and leveled up are they going to work and has, yep. has there been a labour allowance to 
sort of playing those doors and windows to get them working again. Yeah. And just things like that. So it is very important to read all that. And it's not like when we put those in there, it's to get out of work. It's just basically saying that we haven't allowed a figure for it. Yeah. Happy to do it, but we just need to know. Yeah. So then both the client and the and us as the builder know exactly who's doing what. Yeah, exactly. The next one obviously is client supplied items. Yeah, so this happens um, a fair bit. It does happen a fair bit. Yeah, some clients like to supply tiles, taps, appliances, fixtures like light it, pendants. And, yeah, and things like that that can sort of be easily installed, but don't have a, I guess, a like a big warranty problem. Yeah, and clients like to do that too because they save themselves a bit of builder's margin. Yeah, appliances is probably a big one. Appliances and pendants, I guess, the feature lighting, because they get to see what the space looks like before they select the product, especially like appliances, I guess, as well. So, yeah, if you're going to supply stuff to your builder to install, just make sure that you know what's going to happen if there's a problem with those items. Like, let's say a client gives us an appliance, we install it, and it's faulty. Who then looks after the warranty claim and call on that? We have that stated in our terms and conditions that, we are happy to install it, but we do not cover any warranty if we haven't, you know, paid it, supplied it, and made a markup on it. Yes, because yeah, yeah, you're not paying, you know, haven't got an allowance for it. So. Yeah, so just if you're going to supply things like that, just check with your builder, sort of what their process is around that. If there is a problem with something that you've supplied as a client supplied item, yeah, definitely for sure. So after client supplied items, we have a variation terms. So we stipulate what's going to happen with variations in regards to we need drawings for it. Doing just talking about it is not a great way to do it. It's actually caused a lot of issues in the past. It has. And we've just got to draw a line in the sand now because we've been bitten too many times where we've said we've talked about a variation on site with the client and then we've done it and it hasn't turned out the way that they had it envisaged. Yep. So now we just we require to have updated drawings. And then we'll price the variation off that. Then every all parties involved know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, and it will turn out the way that the client foresees it because yeah. it's been drawn and we can follow a set of drawings. That's um, schematic. So. Yeah, whereas talking about something, things can get lost in translation. or And especially um, on a build, there's so much going on. Yeah. And the thing is, builders, like, obviously, things do get missed. Like, it's, it's we'll be honest and upfront about it. Yeah. Like There's a lot of moving missed. parts in a build. Yeah. And if things aren't documented, it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, so then that also gives you another base that, hey, this has been spoken about, this has been agreed upon, and this is exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, variation terms, we charge a admin fee for that. Yeah. It's not a penalty to the client at all. It's the fact that we've got to stop works or halt whatever we're doing and then go get another costing off another trade sometimes or a material. Or yeah, a work out exactly what's going on, scope it out. Yep. schedule it. There's a lot of work in variations and they do slow down the build. So Variations aren't a bad thing. They, they pop up. Like yep. Sometimes, I guess, if you've gone through an architect or designer and you haven't seen something or it isn't detailed well enough and you get on site and it's not exactly the way you want it, then that's where a var- variation comes into play. Yeah, and just so everyone knows, technically speaking, any change to the contract set of drawings or the quote, is a variation. Correct. Whether it costs money or not, yeah. um, or whether there's yeah a charge involved, it's still a change of the original scope of work. So yeah. legally, you need to provide a variation and a variation contract. Yeah. So it's not just like turn up on site as the client or the architect and just say, oh, how about we do this instead? Yeah. It's That's not the way it works. It needs to be documented. 
redrawn and repriced accordingly. Yep. And that all takes time. So that's what that fee's for. Yeah. Then we've got defect terms. There's what is actually considered a defect, I guess, is it can be, I think, a gray area, but it's not actually a gray area. There's a terms and conditions. And yeah. There's and, actually a um, list of what is considered a defect from. Yeah. So in Queensland, we have a QBCC and they've, they've issued out documents which have all of the standards and tolerances of all the most common problems and defects. So one of the um, biggest defects is obviously painting and plastering. Yeah, painting and plastering is a big one and that's especially um, because so many like a lot of people like a lot of natural light. So there's windows everywhere. Whereas And uh, then you can see plaster joins yeah. with the glancing light. Yep. Not a defect if if there's glancing light on it. And same with painting, like people put their heads right up to a wall and look at a little spot and say, Oh, what's this little mark here? Yeah. But with things like painting, you have to be standing 1.5 metres back from the wall and it has to be between the hours of, I think, 10 and 2 off the top of my head. So there's rules around how you view defects and what is a defect. Just because you don't like something or the way that it's been finished doesn't mean that it's a defect. So So in that, yeah, under that heading, we basically detail what's considered a defect in terms of we refer to the um, Australian standards and QBCC as to what is considered a defect. And also yep. when those defects will be rectified. Yeah. No matter what build, there is always a defect at the end. No matter what, like everyone can say, really? well, there's, there's no defects. Oh, that's that's 100% a lie. There's always something. <laughs> yeah. There's always something. I mean, yeah, anybody that says they've never had a defect, is, I'll go straight up and say you're a liar. Because, yeah, just clients want to get in on in the house and sometimes things get rushed or something gets missed because there's so much going on. Yeah. So we sort of outline what exactly, when they'll get fixed and when they'll be able to be returning to site to fix those. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I guess in the body of the quote, so all those things we've just discussed are all in our quote, they're all at the start just to yep. get all those terms and conditions and all that sort of information. The, the that non-fun stuff. Yeah. All that information we want people to digest at the start before we get into the cost breakdown. Yep. Um, and then our quote will go through, I can't remember how many headings we have, probably 30 um, yeah, so we call them category headings. Um, I think there's 34 all up. So yeah, after all those terms and conditions, we'll then go into the the actual costing of the quote. We start with any provisional cost items and provisional sum items. So that's when we haven't got something spec'd on a project and we'll allow a figure for that or a cost. Yeah, or in the case of a provisional sum, it might be that the client hasn't fully resolved what's happening with cabinetry. So we've put in a number to try and cover that or... It might be earthworks, machine hire yep. that we've put in a sum for, and that means that... Or appliances or anything like that. Yeah. Um, it's anything that hasn't been specced or selected on drawings. Yeah, and that just means basically we've got to figure it in the contract. If you don't spend that amount of money, you'll receive a refund. If you spend over the amount of money that we've got nominated, you'll have to pay more yep. um, than the contract price. And just, it's got probably... No, we can probably go, about, go on about this for hours, but... With your PS and PC sums, make sure they actually match what you want to do. Yeah. A lot so, of builders come under and they'll undercut it, underquote it on purpose to win a job. Yeah, then, so build, builders will buy the job, Yeah, um, which we've spoken about before, but it's quite easy to have a look at a lot of the things like if it's appliances, for instance, just jump online and ch- check if those appli- if that number will cover all of the appliances you want to buy and the brand and the spec level. It's a bit harder with things like earthworks or asbestos removal, but things like taps or pendant lights or stuff like that, it's easy for you to actually put your list together, go online, get a 
dollar value and just make sure that that number is adequate that the builder has put in the quote. Yep. So then after those, we've listed those, we get into the actual, the bulk of the quote. We, in our category headings, I don't know if you want to go through every heading. That could be another episode on its own. Yeah. But essentially, we've got a breakdown of the a quantity breakdown and all the materials that we use in our quote. This is really, we go really detailed on it and based on the feedback that we've been given. And there's normally, yeah, 10 pages of what's included. So like to start off with, we list in the preliminary items like QBCC home warranty insurance, QLEAVE, which are all things that are required. Definitely make sure if you're reviewing your build quote, make sure that the builder has included QBCC home warranty insurance. Or any other legislation, depending on what state you're in. Yeah, Um, that's right. There's always council levies. So you got to make sure or just ask the question, have they been allowed for? Yeah. Has a surveyor been allowed for to do site set out and has a engineer been allowed for to do structural inspections? There's all these things that some builders don't include, but you will need to pay for. So Yeah, and especially if you're looking to go get finance, you want to make sure that all these items are, are listed so that then you can just put it on your home loan instead of having to shelve out cash for it. Yeah. In terms of the category headings, we could go, I think that's definitely another episode where we'll get into it in terms of the amount of bulk, I guess, of content that we've got in that. So we might even, we won't put it up for download because that's our IP. Yeah, no, we won't do that. <laughs> but we'll go through it in detail. But basically this quote where we detail everything and it should be detailed on no matter what your quote is. So you should have tiles. So say do a bathroom just for argument's sake. You should have tiles listed. Is the tiler supplying and installing them or are you installing them? Are yeah. you supplying the tiles? And then same with bathroom fixtures and fittings, like straightening of timber walls, sheeting. It all just comes back to detail, doesn't it? Like just what you were saying about tiles, like are the tiles that you're putting in that you want to put in spec? So if it's natural stone, is the has the tile installation rate, is it going to cover natural stone? Has ceiling been included? Like yeah. all those little ceiling bits. Ceiling of the tiles, not the, the ceiling. Yes. All those little bits and pieces that it's just, if it's not really clearly detailed, you're going to have a hard time working out whether it's been included or not. Yeah, correct. So it all just comes back to making sure that you're not getting a two-page quote for a build because how do you know what's in it, what's going on, what you're going to get, what the finished product is, especially if your drawings are not detailed correctly either. Yeah, absolutely. So basically once we've got everything itemized, we've got all the materials itemized as well and also the supply and install if it's included or excluded. That's basically it. Then we've got, we put our total figure at the bottom as well again, just so you know. Quote total, then GST, then complete total. Yeah. And sort of, yeah, to, the terms and conditions, we don't, they're all at top, but that's really about it that we put in our quote. It might not sound like much, but this can, normally our quotes are like, I think 15 or 20 pages long, depending on the size of the job. Yeah. Yeah. They get up to that. Yeah. Definitely. So just basically, the, probably the biggest bit of advice you can take away is just making sure everything is detailed. If you've got a question, ask it to the builder and ask if it's supplied or not. And if it is, or if it's not, just make sure it's listed on that document. Because at the end of the day, this document is going to be the thing that saves the heartache for everybody involved. Yeah. I don't think there is such a thing as too much information. No. Like, well, when you go to sign a a mortgage document, if you've ever signed one, those things are like a hundred pages long. Oh, nobody reads those. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you're on the website and it's got terms and conditions, everyone just scrolls to the bottom and ticks it. Tick. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but don't do that with your bill quote. Yeah, don't do that with your bill quote. So essentially, yeah, just the more detail, the better. Yeah. No, I c- couldn't agree more. And that'll really set you up for a successful build, just getting that foundation right. That's it. 
Well, thanks for listening. I think probably the next one we'll probably go into just sort of a market update, I guess. Yeah, it'd be good to get into that now that we're into sort of cracked into the month into the new financial year and just talk about what's happening, what's coming up. Yeah, and what we see is we're seeing in the future in terms of pricing and also supply. Yeah, absolutely. So if you've liked what you've heard, like, subscribe and share it with your friends. And if you've got any questions, just jump on Instagram and follow us and send us a message or shoot us an email through our website. Perfect.